Welcome to Choir Talks. My name is Greg O'Neill. I'm the worship pastor at Ridgecrest Baptist Church, and Choir Talks is my weekly podcast. What does your worship look like to God? Have you ever thought about that? I mean, how does God see those moments that you spend in private or in community, Uh, those moments that you count as worship? What does that look like to God? I mean, let's be honest. Sometimes we probably are just going through the motions, just showing up, right? Is God pleased that at least we're showing up? Are we doing him just a big favor by coming to a meeting and calling it worship? In worship, we enter into a time when we're supposed to connect with God, and it should be all about Him, and it should be for Him. But we spend a lot of the time thinking about how it looks to us. We say things like, I really enjoyed worship today, or on the other side, I didn't really get much out of worship today. I didn't like the songs, that singer wasn't good, the sermon wasn't helpful to me. But what does it look like to God? Would it be weird for him to say, I didn't get much out of worship today? Let's look at the book of Amos and get some thoughts about what worship maybe looks like to God. The prophet Amos lived in the latter years of the northern kingdom of Israel. It was a time when the kingdom enjoyed its peak wealth and its peak power. He was uh, speaking into a culture that had a lot going for it and a lot of reasons to feel good about themselves. However, they felt apathetic about their need for God, and their openness to follow other gods and just any gods was changing their sense of what was good and bad and what was right and wrong. So into this environment, God calls this lowly shepherd, Amos, who is actually from the southern kingdom, and he goes up to deliver a a message to these wealthy, powerful northern kingdom Israelites. Um, And the message is a stinging rebuke of their worship. Perhaps they had never asked themselves, what does this worship look like to God? Here's what Amos says as he quotes God or brings this message from God. I hate, I despise your religious festivals. Your assemblies are a stench to me. Even though you bring me burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. Though you bring choice fellowship offerings, I have no regard for them. Away with the noise of your songs. I will not listen to the music of your harps. But let justice roll like a river and righteousness like a never-failing stream. Those are pretty strong words, right? Why was God so angry? They were being faithful to attend religious festivals and feasts and and holidays and make the sacrifices that they were supposed to make. But at the same time, they tolerated and worshipped even false gods of the people around them. They oppressed the poor of the land, something that was particularly abhorrent to Amos and to God. The poor were being sold into slavery, and then when they made... um, legal pleadings, they were being denied justice. Proverbs 14, 31 speaks directly to that. It says, whoever oppresses the poor shows contempt for their maker. Uh, John, the disciple in 1 John says, whoever does not love their brother or sister in Christ whom they've seen cannot love God whom they've not seen. 
So there was really a disconnect with um, these people coming to show their love to God when they weren't really ready to show love to the poor people that were amongst them. There was a disconnect in their worship between their love they showed to God and their love and, and how they treated other people. Jesus spoke directly about that. When he was asked what the greatest commandment was, he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. That is a definition of worship, by the way. But he went on to say the second commandment is like it or or equally important, which is love your neighbor as yourself. Those two things go together. If you are going to love God, you need to love those around you. So there was this disconnect in the way that they treated people, the ones created by God, but there was also a disconnect in the way they treated God. Their spiritual poverty showed up as they participated in immoral worship of neighboring gods. Now, a history lesson real quick, just to remind you that the northern kingdom was separated from the temple, which was in the southern kingdom. And so northern kingdom kings uh, built other uh, temples and other areas where people were to come worship. And around those those temples sprang up all kind of temples to other gods. Um, they, they worshiped um, the, the Baals of the, the gods of the people around them. And, and they did so in a decadent manner. Um, they sank to the unrighteous level of the culture that was all around them. In fact, they weren't any different than those around them who didn't know God, except that they continued to have these festivals and feasts that God had asked them to do. They should have been broken, heartbroken over the spiritual condition of their land. Instead, they just came to worship as usual, like there was nothing wrong. They should have been heartbroken over the plight of poor people in their country and the injustice that was happening against them Yet they passed by these poor people like the uncaring people that Jesus spoke about in his parable of the Good Samaritan. The acceptability of worship depends on the acceptability of the worshiper. The prophet Joel also spoke to something similar in his generation. Alluding to the practice of tearing your garments when you were grieving, he said, You should grieve over your spiritual condition, but instead of tearing your garments, you should tear your hearts. In other words, don't make just an outward show, but a genuine inward expression and a genuine change in your inward experience towards God. Back to Amos. God says, instead of their vain worship, what should happen is this. He says, let justice roll like a river and righteousness like a never-failing stream. I love how when, when Jesus speaks and when God speaks, they, they often paint us pictures for us to, to fire our imagination to imagine what spiritual truth they're teaching. In this case, uh, I see this this uh, this vast river rolling through the, the desert place, and, and it should be um, something that's rejuvenating and, and delightful for all the people of the land. And the cause of this river should be justice in the land and righteousness, being right related to God and to the people uh, of the community. Sincere worship should produce justice, fair treatment of those who are marginalized and hurting in our society. Sincere uh, worship 
should produce righteousness, a right relationship with God, not a heart divided amongst many gods. That should be a life-giving, refreshing river that runs through a desert and blesses everyone. The Israelites' worship was vain, half-hearted, and unacceptable because their lifestyle, their attitudes, and their behaviors were not God-honoring. Their worship expressions to God were just a big show. It was more about themselves, really, than authentically giving an offering to the Father. So back to the original question. What does worship in your church look like? What does the worship from your heart look like to God? Is it just a Sunday morning checking a box, um, or is it resulting in a changed heart towards the people in your community, a desire for justice and, and to see righteousness flowing in your life and in your community? Ask the Father this week. What does my offering look like to you?